Start your journey with master coach, clinical counselor, and Ayurvedic practitioner, Paris Mogtatter, to uncover new layers of your life. Together, we'll break the social conditioning that holds you back, giving you a way to improve physical health, greater emotional stability, and strengthen connections both within yourself and others. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to another episode of The Ayurvedic Therapist. Today, I would like to talk to you about depression, even though I know depression is a very big topic. But um, recently, I have been working with a lot of clients who are experiencing, even if it's not depression, uh, a place of not being aligned with their true selves a place of being lost or not finding their joy or enthusiasm. And this often happens whether there is a circumstance or an environment that is encouraging that and that is really taking us away from who we truly are. Or sometimes, of course, it's, it's, it could be a physical thing. Today, I want to talk to you about the Ayurvedic perspective and also the holistic psychology perspective of what happens and how we can experience um, depression and what are some of the things that we can do to help regulate ourselves back into balance because depression is not, it's actually far from our, our true state of being. We are not born with depression and we're definitely not uh, put on this earth, on this planet to be not aligned with our true selves and our truth and our happiness and our joy. So sometimes we get lost along the way and all we have to do is really tune in and find our realignment again. And I know that it's sometimes hard to hear that or believe that when you're really stuck in that state of uh, darkness, depression, lethargy, state of not being able to find joy or enthusiasm or realignment. So I'm definitely not saying that depression is an easy place to be or coming out of it is easy at all. But I'm hoping that this episode will give you some new perspective on what could be happening and whether or not you could really um, tune in and see which one of these things might be the, the source and the reason of your depression or your sense of being lost or not aligned in life. And so from the Ayurvedic perspective, there are two different ways of looking at depression. One of them is from the lens of uh, the gunas of the mind. The gunas of the mind are the qualities of the mind. And we, we have all different three qualities of the mind, but it's whichever one we're really encouraging and whichever one we're really 
uh, putting our time and attention and our awareness on that will uh, thrive. According to Ayurveda, we are all born with a sattvic mind. So sattva is the balance of the mind. It is when there is clarity so that we can see what is good for us and what's not good for us and where we stand in life. We can see and act on um, our intuition and our knowledge and our wisdom that lives somewhere deep within ourselves, deep within our heart. And this knowledge and this awareness, um, according to many Eastern cultures, is in the center of the heart. And it's like the sunshine of your body. And it will never go away. The sun is always shining. Just like in the sky, the sun is always shining. But sometimes the clouds cover it up. So we are in the delusion that there's no sun. But the sun's always there. So in the center of your heart, this beautiful light of wisdom, of conscious awareness, the light of your spirit, the light of your Atman, the light of your soul is always shining. But because of life circumstances, because of the environments we're in, we create layers after layers after layers of what we think is protection. So we're protecting the heart or that we we think that we have to show up in a situation in a different way as we truly are and want just so we can belong. I mean, belonging for human beings is survival because we are all from uh, tribal uh, backgrounds. So we, we used to live in tribes. And so if you didn't belong in the tribe, you would get kicked out. So it's survival. So somewhere in your subconscious, you still know this and you're willing to do anything to, to belong, to uh, look normal, to fit in. And sometimes by doing that, what happens is we, we uh, have to say no to the truth of who we are. We have to say no to our own spirit, to that wisdom and light that shines in our heart that knows our truth, that knows why we are here. And if that's a little bit confusing to you, you can think about maybe a time in your life that you felt joy or happiness or alignment. I was doing a retreat the other day and in the workshop, I said that and a woman stood up and said, you mean like when I was with that guy or the other guy and I felt happy and I was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be or that guy made me happy. No, that's not what I mean at all. Yeah, sure. Um, if you really felt aligned with a partner, that's a beautiful thing that is a side effect of your alignment. What I mean is your alignment with your soul, with your spirit. What I mean is maybe you were a child and you picked up an instrument and you played it and you felt so good and alive and you felt like this is what you were supposed to do. Um, or maybe you were dancing and you felt like that. Maybe you did art and you felt like that. Or something else. It can be math for someone or it can be helping other people or Whatever your thing is, your spirit is going to say yes, and it's going to come to you with a flow and ease. 
And so some people, I understand that they have lost touch with that part of themselves. So they, they, they tend to get really confused about what that might be which is a part of the work of finding your dharma, your purpose, not just in your career, but your purpose of why you're here and what the role you're supposed to play on this planet and how you would get there. How can you connect to that self and core of you? And so we want to be in the sattva state of the mind, the light state of the mind, so that we can find that, so that we can be aligned and clear, so that we can think properly, and we're not overwhelmed in the state of rajas. So rajas is the state of action in our mind. So sometimes we get really overworked in that state of, let me do this, let me do that. Let me finish this project and let me move and go from this place to that place. Anything that requires action, which our society really encourages us to do, is going to put our mind in the state of rajas or action. And so um, the opposite of that, so the third state, so that's why it's the balance, Rajas is the action. And the other part of, or part of the spectrum is called Thomas or darkness. We need all these three because we need a balance between the action and the darkness. And darkness is not darkness like, you know, a bad place. Darkness means inertia. It means a stop. It means a pause. It means we go throughout our day and we take action. We go to work. We cook for our family. We take care of our children. And there needs to be a pause. We need to go to bed. And how many people have forgotten how to go to bed, right? How to fall asleep because they cannot, they don't have control over stopping their rajas, their action mind, so that they can calm down and go to sleep. So according to Ayurveda, anxiety and depression is nothing but going from rajas or state of action to tamas or darkness really fast and without balance. And it's like a person is anxious one day and then they go to depression or a person has worked so hard and you know they're on a go, 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 go. And all of a sudden they hit the wall really strongly and they crash, you know, and then they go into a state of depression. Have we seen that so much lately, you know, especially women were, were taught to be work, work, work and, and keep a household and take care of children and clean our kitchen and cook. So there will be a time where your body and your mind's going to say no to that. And that's usually the crash of when Rajas crashes and it goes into the state of Thomas. So these are the three gunas. And the good news is that according to Ayurveda, we can really control the state of our mind. But um, it depends on what we're putting in through the sense organs. So if we spend our days at a retreat, meditating, breathing, looking at the ocean, being in a good, good environment like the nature, jungle or the forest, you can be sure that the sense organs are going to come into a state of balance. And 
also when we spend our days in traffic and there, the air is not clear and we're listening to the news and the, the reality of the news is so harsh and aggressive and we are then at our office in a cubicle in a box and we eat a food that comes out of a box and we sit in the box of our car again in traffic, you can be sure that the sense organs are going to suffer from that and are going to be stuck in the state of action. They're not going to be able to bring themselves back to the state of sattva. So the whole practice of yoga and Ayurveda encourages us to not lose touch, to not let go of everything and think that our society is going to look after us, our government's going to look after us, our uh, work is going to look after us, and we're just going, walking around like zombies, hoping that, you know, the food they're feeding us in boxes are nutritious and um, the lifestyle they want us to live is what we need. And the reality is that nobody else is looking after your health and well-being, but you. And unfortunately, right now in our society, you really have to pause, take yourself outside of that cycle of rajas because it can really pull you in and step back and look at it and be like, okay, is this the life? What am, where am I going? I mean, sometimes I watch people in a big city like rushing around. I'm like, where's everybody going? What is the purpose of this? Where is the end to this? So if you have driven a car, you know that if you're always pressing on the gas pedal, acceleration, going faster and faster and faster without being able to know where the brakes are is going to not end really well, right? Somewhere down the road, it's going to cause an accident or something bad's going to happen. And I feel like in the big cities and in most of parts of the world, people are going really fast to nowhere. Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows there's chaos everywhere. And nobody knows how to press the, the brakes. And so that is how we end up in the state of anxiety and fear and depression. And so... Um, I'm hoping that in this episode, I can give you a few things that you can work with. But number one, if you take nothing else out of this episode, I hope that you will kind of have an aha moment around where am I choosing to stop? Where in my life, what part of my day am I choosing to stop and take a breath and say, how am I feeling? Where am I going? What do I need right now? Am I really talking to, to myself? Am I checking in with myself to see what my needs are? Uh, whether it's physical needs or whether it's something I'm eating or something that I need emotionally. Or am I just on the go and I eat whatever I can find along the way and I don't even take a second to look at this food and connect to it and I just gulp it down and hope that the body will take the nutrients it needs and the body often doesn't because our nervous system needs to be balanced in order. It needs to be focused on 
the color of the food, the shape of the food, the taste of the food, all of those things, the texture of the food in a nice calming environment in order to be able to digest that properly. And so this is how holistic part of your being comes into play. You are not a one dimensional being. You are body, mind, and spirit all connected and you are magic and your wisdom is always shining in your soul. But nobody teaches you that. Nobody teaches us at schools that we are spirit, that we are, we already have the wisdom and the intuition and all the answers inside of us. They don't want us to know that we have the answers inside of us. You need to wake up and pause and reconnect to yourself so that you can find that part of yourself that knows. And I think that is the biggest message I want to give you through this episode. Um, I also want to talk about how Ayurvedically, we also talk about depression being because of the three doshas or different types of depressions um, that are either caused by each of the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha, or that um, because of our constitution, they show up in a different way. Yeah, so every person has uh, one of the constitutions and each constitution shows up differently. So if you already know your dosha and you know which way you usually uh, tend to go and you would like to know more about that I have put that in the uh, in the text underneath this episode that I hope that you can read and benefit from and also I have prepared a pdf that you can download with some more suggestions so I hope that you find that helpful but often in Ayurveda doshically speaking we associate lethargy, increased sleep, poor motivation, and toxicity, um, too much ama, too much toxins that go into our lymphatic system and make things very slow, which is often how we think of depression when we, when we say depressed. Someone is depressed is associated with kapha dosha, which is earth and water element. Earth and water are both very heavy and dense, and so they tend to get heavier when there's too much of it they tend to get heavy and cause depression and longer periods of you know lethargy and poor motivation and things like that so um we often say that you can use the opposites in ayurveda to create balance with whatever you're feeling so I really encourage you to learn about the gunas in Ayurveda. The gunas are the qualities and see what qualities are currently present in my mind. What qualities are present in my body? What qualities am I feeling in my heart? And um, at the heart of it, when you work with someone holistically, like uh, my clients who work with me, that's what they learn. Through the months of working together, they learn about who they are, 
what their constitution is, what the gunas of their minds are, and how can they tap in on a daily basis in every minute of the day or every few hours if they're really busy, tapping in and saying, what do I need? And what is happening inside of me right now? You know, and we do that uh, through yoga and we do that with meditation, specific pranayama breathing techniques. So the breathing techniques that a vata person should do is different than a pitta person, than a kapha person. And so we use the opposite of lethargy, increased sleep, poor motivation, uh, too much toxins in order to balance those things to balance a kapha depression. Um, more of a pitta depression might look something like an agitated state. Um, they might feel like there, there has been a lot of frustration and anger and they've been irritable and impulsive and they just don't know what to do with the mix of the emotions. And sometimes when they do not get results from their emotions going up and down and all of these different things coming in, they go into the state of depression. And sometimes it shows up as a manic depressive type of uh, condition, like bipolar condition. And so the pitta kind of depression is more like an agitated kind of depression. And it might be more uh, common in people who have the tendencies to go into a manic and depressive state. And so how would you, how would you come to get to know how to balance yourself with that? What type of breathing techniques we use? And I hope that the suggestion, you'll find the suggestions helpful. And then the last kind of depression is vata depression. And vata people tend to get worried and restless and have insomnia and be ungrounded. And that's just a part of who they are. But when it goes out of balance, it tends to be more of a depression or overload of stress hormones like cortisol. So vata people are the ones who have generally pushed themselves so hard that they become overwhelmed or they overschedule their schedules and they have a nervous breakdown, that type of thing. And so they go into a state that they cannot shut off their mind. You know, that is a vata state of depression. And so for these folks, it's really helpful to slow down actually and to really feel um, some support and some love from those around them and not schedule as much stuff on their, on their calendars. And so um, spiritually speaking, though, depression is an opportunity because depression is your spirit telling you, hey, we're in the wrong place. We need to find our right place. Uh, our spirit is telling us, this is not my truth. This is not why we're here. So let's find it. It's a sign. It's a signal from your beautiful, pure heart. 
that you need to find your right place. It's a chance to nurture and heal yourself. So spiritually speaking, transforming your depression involves facing your own depth and coming to terms with your choices, disappointment, fears, traumas, conditions and circumstances in your life, the way things are with your parents and the way things are with your partner or the house you're living in or whatever your reality is, can you make peace with it and accept that reality? Depression is kind of like wanting things to change, but giving up at the same time that they're not going to change. Of course, each case of depression is unique, but the common answer to all of them is your own love. If you're willing to open your heart to your own pain and make compassionate space for your own being, you are on your way to healing. You need to open your heart and love yourself. So there are so many ways that we do that. And um, take away, take away. There are so many tools that you can use in order to get to know the true you. The answer is not outside of you. The answer is inside of you. So how can you turn your awareness and your attention back internally? So you can do that um, and look inside of you and see that depression is your teacher. Trying to understand it will teach you about yourself. And it will teach you about the world. It will teach you what doesn't work for you. So whatever is causing your depression, whatever the source is, whatever the environment is, it's not working for you. So cultivating happiness is a practice. And it's a practice that comes with the maintenance of bringing your sense organs internally to get to know who you are. Try not to doubt your journey and stick to your values and your current sense of self. Who are you at your best? Who are you at your best expression? So in the last part of our podcast, I would like to give you a few things that you can actually do, actually five things that I think are fundamental to how we feel number one choose to accept the self exactly as it is choose to accept who you are choose to accept your reality if you're slower in learning things or you are clumsy or you have a big belly accept it Love yourself just the way you are. And this doesn't mean that you cannot change something that you don't like. But at this moment, at this present moment, your body, your circumstances present themselves to you for a particular reason. Trust that things are as they are for a reason. Have faith. Even if you do not understand why things are the way they are. So there are many few people in the world that will live exactly to their ideal situation. 
So to be happy, you have to choose to care for and eventually love yourself as you are, including your, you know, flaws and your difficulties. Number two, make constant inquiry into your mind and your heart. So now science is finding out that there is a connection between our mind and our heart. Ayurvedically, we've known this for centuries or thousands of years, rather, that there is the mind is actually sitting in the center of our heart in many of the Eastern traditions. But there's definitely a connection between the mind and the heart. Be mindful of your emotions throughout the day. Check in with yourself. So this could mean catching yourself as you are in negative, stuck in negative self-talk. Or um, there's a technique that I teach my clients and it's like, as soon as that negative voice comes and says, you are stupid or you are this or you are that, pause, take a breath, bow to that voice and say, thank you very much, but I don't need your opinion right now. So I'm going to cancel what you just said and replace it with something more helpful. Cancel, cancel, replace. So I say, I'm actually, I'm something that you believe, not something that you don't believe. I, I believe that I'm a good person. I have a good heart. I'm compassionate. I'm really good with people. Something that you're good with, replace that with. And you can then start doing practices like supportive affirmations. Um, the classic cognitive therapy is really good for this. And in the yoga practice, the ancient yogic practice of Pratipaksha Bhavana is also really good for this. It's a philosophy that really helps you find the positive affirmations. And it could also mean the changing your, what you're doing, which is more like behavioral therapy. Number three, honor your yes and your no. So if deep down inside your heart, you really want to say yes to something, honor that truth. Say yes. So one of the factors in many cases of depression involves not honoring your truth. So I always put my hand on my heart and I say, take a breath. What do I really want right now? What do I really want? I don't, un, underneath wanting to please this per, person or just give something that I don't really want to give or give my time or energy or money or whatever it is. What is it that I do really want? I want to be accepted. I want to be loved. I want to be cared for. That is very important. What you really want is very important in this moment. Take action to follow things that feel aligned with your authentic yes. And say no to things that feel uncomfortable in your body, in your heart. So I literally now ask my body, if I feel my stomach kind of going, oh, cringing at something that I, people want, us, want me to say yes to, you want to go out for dinner, it can be something as simple as that, but I really want to just sit down and relax. If my gut says no, I will say no. Number four. Take responsibility for your actions. It's really easy to think that we wish that, you know, everything is 
everyone is a yes to what we want and every situation is a yes and that our parents finally will realize how amazing we are and they will apologize for everything they did in our childhood or whatever else that might be going on in your life. Your partner, you want them to realize how amazing you are. But really, can you bring the attention back to yourself? Issues are complex. Of course, this is not that easy. And dreams and wishes are not straightforward. So it's important to acknowledge that um, sometimes we tend to blame other people for, for the way they are be that is not making us happy. Knowing that your happiness is only coming from within you. So as you accept your challenges and your circumstances and the people that are in your life, you actually create strength. And that challenge becomes a fuel in your spiritual growth and a fuel in your life. And that fuel is probably what you will use to help others later on in life. And that's what we call Shakti, right? The empowerment in you that is fueled but by something dark, like a circumstance or a person or something that has happened. And lastly, see the self holistically. You are not a creature of one way. You are not just your mind. You're not just your body. You are your mind, body, and spirit. Get to know what, who you are in your mind, who you are in your body, who you are in your emotions. Get to know the truth of you. Get to know your dharma, your purpose, why you are on this planet and what you're here to do. And you will, my friends, find the tools to come back to the state of balance, to the state of your sattva, to the light of your mind, because that's who you truly are. That is why you're here. And that is how you're going to get to see the world with clarity and then find your purpose. So I hope that you really found this episode somewhat helpful or parts of it helpful. Please know that I, the work that I do is from my heart and soul and that I have developed certain tools over the last 20 years of my life. So everything I have studied, all the gurus I've had, all the teachers I've had, all the countries I've traveled to, all the lives I've lived in different countries have taught me certain tools that really work that I would be happy to teach you as well. So don't hesitate to book a free call with me and see what all that is about. And I will see you in the next episode. Also, you can check out the new course I created, which is called From Sadness to Happiness with Ayurveda, which I share a lot of the, the tools with you in that course as well. Hariyom, my loves. Hariyom, you got this.